Welcome to the fourth episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, World Series Edition. On today's podcast, we go over the soap opera that was the League Championship Series, talk about elephants at the World Series, look into our Miss Cleo crystal ball, and cast eyes at a certain Los Angeles Dodgers outfielder. But before we start, I want to bring in our co-host and my drinking buddy, DeCarlo Calloway. Going on, Dorian. How you doing this beautiful, fine day? I'm doing very well. And what everyone wants to know is what joyful liquid is in your hand right now. Currently, I am drinking a 2007 El Rincón Syrah. It's from the El Rincón Estate from Spain. Um, it's very nice and subtle taste. Mm. Has a, it's not too heavy, smooth as butter. And I really enjoy the way that it just goes down. And it's a perfect drink to have after a nice hard day, especially if you're in the red wine. And now that the weather is starting to get cooler, red wine is definitely going to be a drink that I know I will be drinking more of. And I would recommend to our listeners, especially if they're into red wine, El Rincón Serra, 2007. What about yourself, man? I'm having, I'm going the other way. I'm, 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 I'm going back to beer. So I'm going to open this up right now. And get my finger. This is Seems not going like you're having a little trouble there, man. <laughs> it's not going aboard a plan. So here we go. Oh shit! Uh, excuse me. Oh bleep. So, anyways, <laughs> what I'm having is a basic bougie. It's a blonde ale from a local brewery called Overflow Brewing Company in St. Pete, Florida, and I'm drinking from a 32 ounce crowler. What the hell is a crowler? It's a growler in a can. For those of you who like going to support American jobs and supporting local businesses and drinking a craft brewery, growlers are made from glass and they usually come in 32 ounces or 64 ounces. But a crowler is just an aluminum can, but it's only available in 32 ounces. So when you go to your craft brewery, you either, if you want to take a beer to go, you either order a growler or a crowler. So um, why is a Prowler important. Why am I even sharing this with, with you? Because beer's least favorite things are UV rays and permeating oxygen. Permeating what? In physics, permeating is also called imbuing. It's the penetration of a permeate through a solid. In this case, it's oxygen that can penetrate the glass. So cans offer protection from both. And you see, I I didn't almost fail high school science, you know, for nothing. So anyways, crowlers can also keep the beer fresher for about a month and a growler only keeps the beer fresh for about three days. And so when you, dear listener, go to a local craft brewery, ask for a crowler, crowler, and what else, DiCarlo, can our listeners do while drinking? Of course, we always encourage you to post your Twitter yeah, excuse me, post your pictures on our Twitter handle at HBP4040 when you're drinking and watching a game or even if you're just sitting back and, you know, having a nice drink after a busy day of work, but you have us on the brain or while you're listening to our podcast. So please make sure you tweet us a photo of you with an alcoholic beverage or a non-alcoholic beverage and just tag us in the handle at HBP4040 and use the hashtag HBP drink. So what are we going to be discussing today? 
in terms of the beautiful baseball games, which were the ALCS and then the NLCS. And now we are into the World Series. So we're going to do a quick recap of that. So let's first start with the ALCS. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you who was doing a lot of drinking. Who's that? And that was the fans of the Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Ah. The Rays were up three games to nothing, one game away from the World Series, and they were forced they lost three consecutive games, and they were forced to a set, uh, game seven. The Los Angeles Dodgers were down three games to one, one game away from elimination, and they forced game seven, and they actually won. So uh, cheers to the Tampa Bay Rays fans and the L.A. Dodgers fans and their livers. Mm. Uh, well, I'll have to say, like, even though we, we, we've spoken about this in our last podcast about how Dorian supports – both the Tampa Bay Rays and the Atlanta Braves, even after the Braves literally capitulated, um, you know, you guys can't see him, but I can, and he is wearing his Braves hat, even though the Rays are the ones who are in the world series. uh, (laughs) He has not, you know, let that go. So clearly we know where his true allegiances lie. So all of you Tampa Bay Rays fans, when you think you have a true ally in our friend Dorian here, uh, I'm I'm I'm, che- like I'm cheering for the I'm cheering for the Rays, man. Come on, like oh. I'm, I'm cheering for the Rays. I, I I was look. I'm just I'm I switch hats just for you, so you don't get sick of seeing my face uh, every single time with the same hat. Oh, who can but, get tired of seeing that beautiful <laughs> face, man? Come on. So let so let's go let's go ahead and tackle the uh, the American League championship series where the Houston Astros came back and they almost won game seven. What, what, what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, I have to give them credit. I mean, considering that they walked into the ALCS, um, you know, having a lot of defensive errors and issues in the first couple of games that they really hammered back and they really made a game. They made a series of it. You know, the Rays gave them a little bit, you know, gave them a little bit of room and the Astros came back and did what they needed to do to push it to that point. But when it came down to it, the Rays closed it out and did what they had to do in order to move forward, which, you know, commend, got to give them credit. They were pretty much the better team in throughout the season in the AL, um, in the American League. And then to bring it to the ALCS, allowing the Houston Astros to get in a little bit closer, made it a little bit interesting and definitely gave us something to, to talk about and to really be enjoy and to really enjoy as baseball fans. But they, you know, they nailed it home when they needed to, which was expected. So, who I'm going to talk about is some a young Dominican left-handed pitcher from the Houston Astros, Faramber Valdez, 26-year-old rookie. He, I was incredibly impressed by this by this kid. He's one of the main reasons that the Astros were even able to come back and win three consecutive games in a row. He didn't pitch in every single game, but he pitched in two games. He pitched a total of 12 innings, struck out 17 batters, and only allowed three runs. He did walk seven batters, but the kid is a diamond in the rough, and he's thick. He's 5'11". He weighs 239 pounds. He, it's, when, he delivers, when he delivers a pitch, it's so easy, his mechanics. And then he also had a, a minor dust-up with uh, Yandy Diaz, the, the Cuban infielder from the Tampa Bay Rays. They were yelling at each other. I think it was in game uh, five or six. But uh, the, as much as we don't like the Houston Astros, because of a player like Faramber Valdez, uh, they don't have much to worry about when it comes to their, their pitching staff. And what worried me, and this is going to spill over into the World Series as a Tampa Bay Ray fan, is the entire lineup of the Tampa Bay Rays hit a collective 201. I, 
that's beyond unacceptable. I mean, the, frankly, the Rays are kind of lucky that they ended up beating the, the Astros because that type of batting is not going to be the L.A. Dodgers. No, not at all, especially with the pitching staff that the Dodgers have. You got to be able to to tackle them and, and knock them where they need to. I mean, they've been they it, it's been shown that their pitching is penetrable, that you can hit them and that once you start getting them, they can get rattled. But at the same time, if you allow them to get any type of leverage on you, they're going to start shutting it down really quickly. And, you know, looking before we even move into the World Series, it's just something to take note of It's the Dodgers. You know, there's a reason why they were the favorites coming into this. It was heavy pitching, good, strong lineup, great bullpen. And, you know, during the playoffs, for the most part, they had some troubles with it. But when it's come down to it, they've definitely have been coming back and clawing back like a championship caliber team. So that is something that the Rays need to keep in mind and not only that the the um dodgers come in with a lot more momentum in this in this um series especially coming back from that deficit against the braves and knocking the heck out of them but before we even move on to that um you know we just give the the race credit for making it but hopefully that they absolutely turn it, hopefully they could turn it around but when you have uh, a lineup and you're hitting to a one in the ALCS, that is something to be very problematic moving into the World Series. Um, you know who, who didn't have any trouble hitting and hitting clutch when you needed it? Cool. The LA Dodgers. Yes. I, yes, I watched yes. every single at bat, every single pitch of the Atlanta Braves against the LA Dodgers series and i don't remember the last time i was that impressed by an entire lineup one through nine that they never had an uncompetitive at bat they were fouling off pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch and sometimes they wouldn't even swing at a pitch if it was any if it wasn't a complete strike i mean the eye that that the batters of the dodgers have is unbelievable it's I'm, I was just flabbergasted and contrasting that with the Atlanta Braves, some of the, some of the pitches, some of the batters for the Atlanta Braves had unbelievably uncompetitive pitches, which is not good because you don't put any stress on the, uh, on the opposing pitchers. Um, I, the, the, the Dodgers must have scored, I think like 10 or I think about like 15 or even 20 runs with two outs. That is clutch hitting. It, it drove me insane. But as a baseball, as a Braves fan, as a baseball fan, I was like, man, they're real good. Yeah, they're real good. And the fact that they were able to come back from that deficit was something to be admired. And it coming in with that momentum is is really something that should scare the hell out of the Rays right now. Because if you are facing your with your back against the wall and you just claw it out and you were making sure that you were not giving up anything to, you know, to chance, just trying to knock it out, knock it out, knock it out, and score and score runs. Uh, even last week, we were um, recording, and then the Dodgers just started knocking the heck out of the Braves. And, you know, it was almost like a tall tale sign, like, uh, okay, this, this series, if you've seen the Dodgers come awake like that, the series could go either way. And, you know, it showed that the Dodgers were really coming in there heavy, and uh, they did not leave that to chance. You mentioned earlier that the Braves kind of left it on, kind of, kind of let the the Dodgers back in because we all know that LA Dodgers are legitimately, arguably the best team in baseball, and they are in the World Series for a reason. But 
you could make an easy argument that the, that the Atlanta Braves should be in there. They had an untold amount of opportunities to win that one game they needed. They had three tries to win one game, and they didn't do it. Why? Because arguably the best offense in Major League Baseball, the other team that could make that argument is the LA Dodgers. The Braves' bats went cold at the absolute worst time. And even worse than that, their base running was horrendous. It was almost like watching like some Little League thing uh, sometimes. I mean, I'm going to give you some quick examples. I just – I could not believe this. Look, in the three tries that they had to get that one win, game five, bottom of the third, uh, the Marcelo Zuna is on third base. I forget who hits a, a deep fly ball. And normally on the, on that type of play, you tag up on third and you make it to home, you score a run. Ozuna doesn't tag up because LA Dodgers right right fielder Mookie Betts, Mister All World, makes an incredible catch right above the, the the trimmings of the grass. Ozuna doesn't see it; he's already at home. the The Dodgers are super smart. They go back, they get him, they get him out at third. The, at that point, the Braves are up two nothing. If Ozuna had tagged up, they'd go up three nothing, and who knows what happens as that inning continues? Doesn't matter. Braves lose the game seven to three. The very next night, game six, top of the second, the Dodgers had just had just scored three runs in the bottom of the first against Max Freed, but those were the only runs that the Dodgers would score the entire game. So top of the second, the Braves have the bases loaded, no outs. DeCarlo, do you know the probability of scoring just one run with three men on base, no outs, which means you have three different chances just to bring home one run? It, that probability for that is eight, and you have an 86% chance to score only one measly run if you have three men on base with no outs. On the flip side of it, there's just a 14% chance that a team does not score runs with the bases loaded and no outs. By the way, thank you to the website fan, uh, fan graphs, and they also have a, uh, they also have a, a podcast, um, uh, Effectively Wild, Super smart. They, they're, they're talking at a level much higher than we are, but Fangraphs is a great website. But Austin Riley has an uncompetitive at-bat. He strikes out in three pitches. That's awful. One, two, three, sit your ass down. The Braves do not score any runs. Later in the game, top of the fourth, two runners on, one out. The Braves do not score any runs, and the Braves lose three to one. Game seven, do or die. Top of the fourth, two men on base. No outs. Swanson and Riley are on base. They both get thrown out in a rundown. A phenomenal play by the LA Dodgers third baseman, Justin Turner. Super smart. They, go, they get both the guys. The Braves do not score any runs. It's almost like a song. It's like a chorus of a song. The Braves don't score any runs. At that point, the Braves led 3-2. They end up losing 4-3. Uh, I'm not going to add all, this, all the potential runs up that they had. They had... They had the opportunities. They did not take it. The Dodgers had their opportunities. They took it. That's why the Dodgers are in the World Series. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're potentially going to be the World Series champions because champions are the ones who sit back and they produce when necessary. They don't sit back and squander those, those opportunities. Unfortunately, the Braves did. Um, hopefully this experience will you know, help shed some light on the team moving forward into the next season. Um, it's definitely a heartbreaker, I know, for you as a Braves fan, considering that you, you know, are on the precipice of potentially going to the World Series. Um, but at the same time, 
the better team won it. And, you know, that's literally all you can say, you know, as a consequence of what happened is simply the better team won that series. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then now, so we're able to get past the, the league championship series. So the world series, I want to talk about the Bra- the Rays. And I had mentioned earlier, their troubles hitting the ball against the Houston Astros in the previous round. Now, if for those of you who aren't Tampa Bay Rays fans or don't watch a lot of their games, and this might be the first time you're watching them all year, I'm going to tell you exactly how they play. (laughs) I'm going to tell you exactly how they play. The Tampa Bay Rays are a giant elephant that sits on you and suffocates you with their tremendous pitching staff, their starting pitchers, their relief pitchers, and that almost impenetrable defense. They, have, they, they do a tremendous job of run prevention. They're preventing you from running, and then they count on their own timely hitting because the Rays' offense is nowhere near as good as the Atlanta Braves or the L.A. Dodgers' offense. The Rays are not going to put up eight, nine, ten runs a game. They're going to beat you with four or five runs. And what happened last night, when I saw that the, that the Dodgers were, were pulling up runs, four, five, seven, eight runs, I said, the, the Rays aren't winning this. They can't get into a slugfest with the Dodgers. And that's why it was so disappointing to see game one starter, Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Taylor Glass now, this six foot eight Nordic giant. He didn't look good. He didn't look good in game one. He didn't look good in game seven against the Astros. Against the Astros, which they, end, they actually won, Glass no pitched six innings, gave up eight hits, walked two batters, and gave up four runs. He comes to game one against the L.A. Dodgers. He pitches four and a third innings, gives up three hits, walks six batters, and gives up six runs. Shockingly, the Tampa Bay Rays lose. If their pitchers can't get on point, their whole elephant strategy goes completely out the window because that offense is not going to score too many runs. Well, do you really think that they can really get into that elephant stance against the Dodgers who have such a, a lineup that will grind you down? Absolutely. They did it against the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees have a tremendous offense, and the Yankees, I think they went off, what was this? This was about two, three weeks ago, but the Yankee, in that game one, do you remember this? You're a Yankee fan. I think they ended up scoring like nine runs against the Tampa Bay Rays. But other than that, I mean, that Tampa Bay Yankee lot, that Tampa, that New York Yankee lineup is stacked. And they, for the most part, held them down. And they ended up winning in, in the full five games. So it, it's, it's, it's a strategy that's worked before, and it can work again. But there's no way that they can uh, – think that they're going to put up six or eight runs because they know they're not. Kevin Cash, the the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays, is a smart man. And even though they, they were basically dominated in game one, game two, game three, game four will be very different games. But yeah. they need that elephant strategy to to stick. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree with you. The Yankees have a solid lineup, but you also have to keep in mind a lot of their big hitters were out for a majority of the year and were coming back right at that point. So it wasn't as though they were really um, facing – the strongest of the Yankee lineup in like it's true, you know, stride at this point, you got a Dodgers lineup that's in stride and it has been knocking the hell out of teams throughout this playoffs and the season. So, I'm, I mean, it's true. If they get into, if the Rays get into a groove and start pitching and holding the, the Dodgers down, it definitely could be possible that their strategy would work. But at the same time, I think the Dodgers are coming in with a hell of a lot more momentum 
Their players have been – they're peaking at the right moment. And honestly, the fact that they're playing in neutral ground and all the other variables that can come into play, I think, might tilt it. Who knows? We'll, you know, we'll see as it goes along. Game one is in the books. Game two will be happening, you know, at about an hour and a half. So, you know, as the series progresses, we'll see. Um, the Rays tonight got Blake Schnell on the mound. So, you know, we'll see if he's able to. Tremendous pitcher. Tremendous you know, pitcher. See, see, we'll see what he's going to be able to, to do. And then the Dodgers got Gondolson um, coming up. The, the, the number one cat lover. We, we love him here at HPP because he loves cats. Yes. We love pets. Yeah, so uh, so you know it's a good lineup. Uh, it's uh, it's a good matchup. Excuse me. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. And you know what else we're seeing? I'm knocking back a lot of this basic bougie blonde right now, and I'm having visions. I'm having visions of Miss Cleo's crystal ball. Mm. It's Miss Cleo crystal ball World Series time. <laughs> now, our beautiful listeners, we actually, if you checked out our Twitter at HBP forty forty, DeCarlo and I put it put up our predictions for this world series so DeCarlo, do you want for those of for those of them for those of the listeners that have not yet logged onto twitter why don't you share with us what your world series predictions is okay just give me one second <laughs> you know try to put this phone away okay what i'm gonna do we're gonna go while you look for that what we're gonna do oh, is i go found, it. found okay. it all right so my so my predictions um I say the Dodgers will win in six. Um, I, I predicted that Clayton Kershaw would strike out 15 uh, in a game, but uh, he struck out about seven, I believe, uh, which was good. I mean, still off. Um, I predicted that Mookie Betts will make a dive and grab into the stands, Jeter-esque. You know, if we remember back when Jeter at one point literally threw himself into the stands and walked out bloody. So that was thank God he's not working. He's not playing anymore. Hater. <laughs> and um, and that a squirrel will stop playing at least three games by just walking around and sitting at the at home plate, sitting up and looking at the pitcher from uh, from a distance, daring him to throw that pitch. So those are some aggressive aggressive predictions and very specific. Hey, gotta squirrels be three times. Squirrel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Squirrels, they know, you know, these animals know a lot more and they know when to mess some things up just to get on television. Absolutely. They, they, they know when they go viral. So, you know, that's that's just where I stand. So I mean, if dogs people? and cats have their own Instagram page, then I'm sure squirrels, they're like, hey, well, what about us? What about us? Exactly. So last week, we have to go, we also have to, we, we take, we hold ourselves here at HBP accountable. Last week, DeCarlo predicted that the Braves would win the National League Championship Series in six games and the Rays would sweep the Houston Astros. How'd that turn out for you? I was wrong. (laughs) Just simply put, I was wrong. (laughs) It wasn't the crystal balls problem. It was an operator error. Operator. Yes, got me. (laughs) Yeah, so my predictions were are that the Tampa Bay Rays will win in seven games. Now, look, this was a battle between my head and my heart. I'm going to be real with you. My head tells me that the LA Dodgers are going to win the World Series in five games. My heart tells me that the Tampa Bay Rays are going to win in seven because they're going to be able to execute the elephant strategy four times in seven games. So now they have to do it in four times in six games because they're already down by one game. So we'll see. So again, Tampa Bay Rays win in seven games. And 
keeping in our animalistic predictions, I predict that tonight, game two, a swarm of carpenter bees will momentarily stop game two. Why carpenter bees? Because they're native to Arlington, Texas, and Arlington is now like a bee city. So congratulations, Arlington. So we'll see tonight if some bees actually invade the field and if the Rays win in seven games. That'd be a really interesting omen. I think that I'll one-up you. The carpenter bees invade, but then murder hornets come and start eating them. <laughs> you are way too specific. This is why you lose every week your Miss Cleo predictions. Hey, so looking back now, my last week I predicted that the winning team, the winning team in every game of the Atlanta Braves and Los Angeles Dodgers series would pitch a shutout. I was completely wrong because none of the games ended in a shutout. And not only that, to add insult injury, the Atlanta Braves lost the series. So um that's what happens. But now that we are able to exercise, wash off the losses of the New York Yankees for DiCarlo, the Atlanta Braves for myself, I still have one. I'm still hanging on by a fingertip with the Tampa Bay Rays. But you, listener, will always be able to support your own team because our sponsor, MBNA Credit Cards, they let you show your support for your favorite team while shopping for big and little things in life. While your favorite team is driving and runs, you too can drive cash back into your own account with each purchase. MBNA credit cards start living your dreams. To Carlo, speaking of dreamy, mm. we're going to talk about a player that caught that caught your eye this past week. Who are you highlighting this week in our segment? I want to have your baby. I am highlighting the big money man, Mookie Betts right fielder los angeles dodgers definitely coming up and showing why he got that big contract because he went two for four with a home run two stolen bases and two runs scored in game one against the tampa bay rays and honestly whenever a player can come through when it's necessary just shows that he will come through for our family and our future progeny so i definitely want him to have this baby mine. You know, I'm, I'm going to add in something here for Mookie Betts. The guy, I'm not the only one who's saying this. I didn't know he was this good. I really don't like the Boston Red Sox. I don't watch them. I did. This week, this year, I watched way too many Boston Red Sox games, and they were Why? absolutely horrible because they played in the American League East with the Tampa Bay Rays. Every time, it was like the Tampa Bay Rays, a professional team against like a college team. It, it was, it was embarrassing. But anyways, that's a completely different subject. I never realized how good Mookie Betts was, but I'm going to tell you one thing about this whole reproducing with uh, the good Mr. Betts. What's up with his hair? Like, I don't mean, I'm not here to make fun of people, but I'm like, dude, the guy's like 28 years old and he doesn't have any hair left. Like he should, he needs to call up another superstar in LA called LeBron James and talk to the guy that helped LeBron James's hairline to work on Mr. Betts' hairline. Well, cause... LeBron was tweeting out a lot, you know, get, <laughs> lauding him throughout the game last night. So, Oh, yeah, maybe... he's a tremendous player, but, I mean, maybe they but need maybe... to DM each other, like, who, who did your hair, you know? Well, you know what? I'll, I'll sit back. I'll give Mookie <laughs> credit. You know what? The fact that he's sitting back and allowing that, even at the age of 28, you know, not all of us are blessed with good uh, hair follicles and genes that allows them to continue to produce once we get into our late 20s and 30s. So, DiCarlo, DiCarlo, not all of us also didn't sign a $350 million contract. That's true. 
So he has a little bit of money laying around to scientifically help. You know what I mean? And he'll still get all the women and the men and the houses and the cars because he got $350 million coming in his check. So nobody's going to care what his hair is. Clearly he doesn't. He's a great player. That's really all that matters. Believe The Dodgers don't give a rat's left butt cheek how much hair he has or doesn't have. But here at HBP, we love hair and specifically beards because we're now going into the segment we call very lovingly grow a beard and go into hiding aka the federal witness protection program it hurts me this hurts this week this hurts me i don't even want to go over this but you know what but i'm showing you how objective and mature i am by letting you know who i nominated this week to be sent off to antarctica so who did you nominate this week it is the player that graces the back the 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 back picture of our Twitter handle, the one and only Venezuelan superstar Ronald Acuna Jr. It pains me. I love Ronald Acuna Jr. Everybody loves him. He's the Atlanta Braves um, right fielder. I'm sorry, the Atlanta Braves left fielder. No, he's the right fielder. Goodness, I see. I'm see this basic. The basic yeah, bougie has bougie made me you. a basic bougie. Yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> so I'm gonna get to the point here. Acuna Jr. had a horrible series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and he's one of the reasons why they ended up losing the three games. He just didn't show up. His batting average in seven games, he batted 167. A few minutes ago, we were talking about the Tampa Bay Rays, the entire lineup, how terrible they were against the entire Houston Astros pitching at, what was it, 201? We're talking about an individual that has even less batting average. He had an OPS on base percentage plus slugging of 560. You should, be, you should have an 800 OPS if you're a good player. He's a great player. He had a bad series. He had four hits. But you know what he had more than, than those hits to Carlo? What? Strikeouts. Six of them. Six strikeouts. 167. He, ha- he didn't have any home runs. Uh, he drove in one. I mean, it bothers me. If he, and he knows it. If he had played well. He was the number one cheerleader, by the way. We, tweeted, we, we retweeted what, his tremendous picture that he had. That he, was, he went up and did like some karate kid move. It was awesome. It was so much fun. He, had, he was the biggest cheerleader, but he did not have a good game. So, Ronnie, I'm sorry, my boy, but we're going to have to uh, put some, beer, some, some hair on you and, and, and ship you off for the yeah. week. Well, maybe now he'll do it voluntarily, hopefully, because that was a pretty poor performance on his part. And, you know, maybe some time growing a beard and being reflective will allow him to come back next season um, clean-shaven, ready to produce like he should have when it counted. But unfortunately, until then, bye-bye. Don't let a grizzly bear eat you while you're hiding out (laughs) in the forest in Alaska. And speaking of grizzly bears who are also hairy – and you know what else is hairy? Pets. I, I, I don't know anyone who's ever had a grizzly bear as a pet, but we know a lot of our listeners have pets. We have pets. We've had pets. So we're asking you, the listener, tweet us a picture of your pet watching a playoff baseball game with you or listening to the HBP podcast, and we will retweet the best pet pictures of the week. Our Twitter, our Twitter handle, again, is at HPP4040. 
use the hashtag HBPPets. That's H-B-P-E-T-S. Now, we want to thank everybody for listening. And remember, you can find us and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Again, follow us on Twitter at HBP4040. Our drinks will be in the show notes. Maybe we'll also put probability in there as well as some physics. No, we won't. But join us again next weekend. But definitely history. And <laughs> def- always history. You know, we love history here. So do you have any uh, final words there, DeCarlo? Um, just drink up, be merry, enjoy the games, and we will catch you next week. With a brand new episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast. Until then, see you later, people. Mm-hmm.